Brothers, episode 10. Hooray! It's episode 10. We made it. I'm Josh Canal, sitting very close to me. <laughs> a little closer than usual. A, a little closer than usual. In the echo chamber is Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. And on the other side of me, Brett Cropley. Evening, viewers. I have to say, I was at a, uh, I was at a party on the weekend and getting very good response to that evening, viewers. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Takes yeah. them back to the hoax or they just like the words evening viewers? I think they just like it. And I like the justification that people listening to this show are viewers of TV. Mm-hmm. So it all works. Wow. And, and I thought it was laboured. <laughs> Clearly, I'm wrong. <laughs> Clearly, I'm wrong. Uh, coming up today on Box Cutters, we have special guest James Talia of Channel 9 News coming in to talk to us about all things news and newsroom related and, uh, and, you know, possibly some gossip. Maybe, you know, he's had a punch-up with someone. We'll find out later on in the show. <laughs> of course, we've got some uh, box cutters news, a little bit of I don't buy it, and a little bit of Josh does buy it, Ooh. If, if we have Ooh. some time. Changing the formula. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know, just just cause. Yep. Because I saw an ad during the week that I really, really loved. Uh, did you buy the product, though? No, uh, we're, we're jumping ahead of Yeah, ourselves. we, we, we or are. the company. <laughs> or the company. He liked a, it so much. <laughs> a brand new segment called Quotes. What? Ah, excellent. Nobody told me about this. <laughs> well, it's on, it's on the running sheet, Brett. Yeah, but nobody told me about it. <laughs> we've had, we've had, we have actually done some quotes before. We, we have. This is the first time we're turning it into a segment. Into a segment. All four minutes of it. So I think Does that mean that we're actually going to provide like, like how much it'll cost to, to make some good TV to somebody? Or? N- no. <laughs> no. No. Not that type of a quote. No, th- these are not obligation-free quotes. <laughs> okay. These are, these are entirely uh, obliged-filled quotes. <laughs> Obligation for quotes. Also talking about some new shows. Brett, you've got some leftovers from last week. I call them leftovers. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, a little bit of quiz. That's all coming up later on in Box Cutters. But right now, why don't we go straight into the news? Box Cutters News. Nice intro. Thanks. Yeah, that was good. Thanks. Uh, long enough to ask a question. Long enough to ask a question. Not long enough to get the cans back on no. your head. <laughs> Nor get the answer. <laughs> that was... Uh, <laughs> with thinking time. If, uh, if, if anyone was watching this, I really, really, really struggled getting my headphones back on my head during that. It, it's They'll have to check out the video version of this podcast. There is no video version of this oh, podcast. God, damn, that's right. I was thinking Dignation. Yeah, you're always thinking Dignation. Where's the beer? Oh, that explains that <laughs> Again, too. Again, no, we're all about cola products. Cola products. Cola products. Yes. Bert Newton is back on Channel 9. Ah, yes. Well, it's not is, yet. Well, according to the, the Channel 9 media release, which says... In very large letters, Bert is back. <laughs> that's very. That's that's like seventy-two point. I'm sure. I'm sure. After twenty years, one of Australia Television's biggest stars, Bert Newton, is returning to the Nine Network. His on-screen home for almost three decades. They really love throwing that in. They I, don't. They don't like to mention that they also sacked him. <laughs> what was he's, he doing last time he was on Nine? Uh, the Logies, I would think. Oh, okay. I don't but know. what else? Like what? What regular? Uh, Don's Wheel. 
<laughs> maybe, we, maybe we can we can ask our guest from Channel Nine. I, when he comes yeah, in. yeah, maybe, 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 he'll know. maybe he'll know. I hear it was a close fought race between Channel Nine and Channel Thirty One. Really? Mm. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> yeah, think so. That's what I heard. Yeah, uh, but uh, this is the most interesting thing about this press release is uh, apparently Bert was described by the late Bob Hope as the best big occasion host in the world. Of course, that was before he oh. was the late Bob Hope. Yes. He was just ordinary Bob Hope at that point. No, no, well, he's still issuing memos, ah. I think. I think. So, you know, that's, that's, it's old news, but I'm sure it's going to, you know, now that Channel 9 have got him, there'll be another release that'll say Bert's doing this show, and then another release that'll say that show didn't work, well, but we're keeping hold of Bert, and then, yeah. uh, you know. I, the- uh, I heard a rumour that he's doing the 5.30 week, weeknight slot to try and get a better lead into the news. I heard he was going to uh, be tr- doing a bit of a warm-up for the 5 o'clock. Then when it's go time, he's going to shift up to 5.30 as the very important slot running into the news. Really? Mm. Right, I, I've heard none of that. I should who's, say... Who's I left sh- their phone on? <laughs> <laughs> I should say, though, that my information did come from the guide. And since in this one episode of the guide, it managed to mention... Uh, uh, talk about when Bert Newton was a guest on the panel, which he's never been. It also talked about how... Uh, Has he not? No, he hasn't. It also talked about how we're up to Series 3 of 24 and how exciting the finale will be. And it also uh, it also referred to the comedy special upcoming on uh, Sunday night as a comedy debate. So I wouldn't be putting too much stock in what the guide says this week. Right. Who's been editing the guide? I have no idea. Probably Robert Fidgen. <laughs> That's why he's got that face in that in that promotional shot that they use. Well, we were uh, we, we were talking earlier on in the uh, earlier on b- before the show started that Robert Fidgen must be quite upset about uh, not uh, not having the scoop on the uh, on the millionaire yes. million dollar prize. Yeah, the first one or the second one? Well, the first one because because uh, apparently he's, he's let the cat out of the bag about the second one, which is uh, supposed to be coming up mm-hmm. in the coming weeks. Was apparently recorded last Monday at. Uh, Nine studios. Boring. Yeah, who cares? Ross, you've got some news. I do have some news. Uh, just trying to find it. Oh, yeah. Channel 7 suck. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Truism. <laughs> That's my news. Channel 7 suck, for those of you who don't know. Uh, we've been following the Arrested Development Saga over the last few weeks and mm-hmm. talking about how they've moved it without telling anybody and all that kind of jazz. They have taken Arrested Development off air altogether. When? As for next week. But it's isn't it and in next I week's realize, guide? No, it's not. And I realise that uh, that they do tend to uh, say one thing in the guide and then show a whole range of different programs. Uh, but I don't think that'll be the case. That's because time. none of the information that uh, the networks give uh, for for kind of kind of forecasting <laughs> for their programming <laughs> has bears any relevance to uh, what actually goes to air. Yes. Why? So why are they not showing Arrested Development, but they are showing Family Plots at one thirty? I think I answered this question already because they suck. Right. You know they uh, they snuck in an episode of uh, Airport USA that wasn't meant to be screened. I think the other night, thus throwing the rest of their schedule out for no mm. particular reason. Every time so. that shows on, I I get excited thinking that it's actually going to be Airport seventy seven. <laughs> <laughs> I live in hope. I have some news. Oh yes. Hey, a uh, a pilot was shot the other day of a Beauty and the Beast type show with. 
Is this Beauty and the Beast the talk the chat show? The talk show, yeah. A la Darren Hinch, Stan Zamanik, Clive Robertson, uh, to name a few who have done it in the past with a bevy of beauties, uh, you know, ladies, Jenny Little. I don't, I'm not sure that you can actually call her a beauty, <laughs> especially not these days. Not even back in April. <laughs> you, you can't call her a bevy either. <laughs> can I? Can I guess who the host is? You can guess. Ugly Dave Gray. No. Am I not, close? Not a million miles away. <laughs> Ernie Sigley. Stuart Wagstaff. Oh, really? Look, what kind of a beast is he? Well, he's, he doesn't count as a beast. No, no, I think that Stan Zemanic did a lot against the concept of Beauty and the Beast. You know, they're not actually talking about a, a bigoted, misogynist no, but asshole. They, but they are that's talking, doing but it. it is supposed to be a, an opinionated asshole. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why Darren Hinge worked so well in, uh, in that role. He could be opinionated still, especially as a cranky old man. And I'm wondering if uh, perhaps it's a, it was his sparkling performance at Graham Kennedy's funeral that's brought him back to the public <laughs> attention. Um, Stuart Wagstaff, Nolan Brown, who was on uh, Celebrity Spell Check. Uh, <laughs> how long is it before Ugly Dave Gray? Ba- Ugly Dave Gray is back on the box. Well, mm. if they if they put that one on Channel Nine, they could just call it In Melbourne Tonight and have Bird on it, and everyone's happy again. <laughs> Shove ding, ding Dong in there and. and yeah. Check it out at five o'clock, making an hour long show every night. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. I still and, still like the McAuliffe joke from a few years ago where he was trying to think of other fairy tale spin offs you could do. <laughs> and he had Ali Barber and the Forty Thieves turning that into a uh, talk show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is Noel Ferrier still alive? Doesn't no, no. So you couldn't have Noel Ferrier in the in the big cane chair smoking a cigar <laughs> and, and hosting that show. <laughs> The number of sexual scenes on TV have nearly doubled since 1998. Oh. Yes. Now... Is all of that on Big Brother? Sexual. Sexual scenes. Not, not sex, sex scenes. scenes. Sexual scenes. And this, invo- this, this includes any kind of sexual content, including talking about sex. Dogs dry humping legs. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, that might fill in, fit into the other uh, section, which th- there is a section, a, a category for other... other. Bits of, of sexual scenes on uh, on TV nearly doubled since 1998. Uh, some of the findings here: about half of and now this is where's this coming from? Sorry, that's that's what I was going to get to. This is the Kaiser Family Foundation. Now they're a, a US lobby group. I'm guessing they're a, a right wing conservative lobby group. That's just my guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's just my guess. They're called the, the Kayser Family Foundation. One of their findings include uh, that about half of all scenes with intercourse, 53%, involve characters who have established relationships with uh, one, one another. 15% of scenes present characters having sex when they have just met. And that's up from 7% in 2002. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Don't people have anything better to do with their time? No, no apparently not. Not the wowzers. <laughs> I've thrown that one away. I've, um, I've got some news about ratings because we've been discussing the ratings this week. The yes. and in fact, there's like a 20-page document on, on ratings and, and stuff along those lines uh, on our blog. Yes. Which part, you might have checked in the Part of the brand new special features Ooh. section. Ah, Wow. Because it was taking far too much space on the front page, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I and I even it. tried to put in, like, you know, the... The, the little, excerpt. I yeah. saw it and it didn't work. And no. I don't know how to get that working. So, I've created a special features Only section. because 
<laughs> we wouldn't have had it if Josh was better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, this is a uh, this is screw you. <laughs> this is a letter that came into the guide saying um, we have just been fitted with a ratings meter. I am surprised. <laughs> I've got images now of people walking around being fitted with a ratings meter. Ooh, it's making me limp. Uh, I have been surprised that they are not interested in what we tape. Yes. We probably probably tape as much as we watch. Fridays and Saturdays are the only nights we don't tape anything. Why are they interested only in what we watch all the time, in what we watch at the time? Don't other shows count? And Oztam's answer to that is, we can't answer that question. We don't think it would add any value to Oztam. Well, I mean, I, I, can, I can understand Oztam. I mean, what, videos have only been around, what, 20 years or so. They probably yeah. can't keep up with the new technology. No, it's hard. Yeah. Isn't it it's about hard. 30 years? Well, not since I became... Let's, let's say 20 years for popularity. I mean, yeah. uh, not Michael Madsen. Who was the dude from uh, Matlock Police, the American guy? In, in those ads. I remember those ads in black and white, him going on about how Go- great... Video recorders. Gus Mercurio? No. Well, I don't know any other American no. guys in Australia. <laughs> Gus Mercurio is the only American guy in Australia, except for a short period of time, Kirk Douglas was here. <laughs> but then he shot that film and left. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> on, uh, on Oztown News, if I, can, if I can find... See, there's, there's no desk space in the echo chamber. It's, uh, it's causing some difficulty for me. Apparently but, it's also very hot in the bear suit. It, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, this is from uh, Angus, who uh, who is a, a children's television host, mm. and he returned one year uh, to to his home to find that an Oztam box had been fitted into uh, his television, and he called them, and you smiled at <laughs> Oztam box. <laughs> You're so juvenile. Uh, he uh, he called Oztam and said, "Hey, listen, I'm a TV host. Does that matter?" And they said. No, not if you're not actually employed by any of the networks. Because his, uh, his show was an independent production company. It didn't matter. Which goes against what, uh, what actually is said by the CEO of Oztam in one of the letters that you can read in the special features section mm. of boxcutters.net. Yeah. If you've got any more stories about uh, Oztam and ratings, email us. Hooray at boxcutters.net. Of course, if, if he wanted to, then he could, he could actually exploit the system and use the remote. Say he had 20 people living in his house, put all 20 people on the remote watching his show, and that would be automatically 25% of the, the, the potential viewing population yeah. watching it. That's, that's nice work. Potentially. Potentially. We have no idea how, how big the survey sample is. Three. Mm-hmm. 3,000. Is it? 3,000 in metropolitan areas. Do the letters from the... Uh, All around who's Australia. From, who is it yes. from Oztam? Who's? Uh, the CEO whose the name CEO. I've forgotten. But is he just writing, I'm not just she, a... She, she, is she just writing, I'm not just a single guy with a chicken out in someone's shed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I listened to the show, last week's show, during the week. Because I love myself so much. <laughs> and I still laughed so hard at a guy with a chicken. I, I love that idea, and uh, I'm going to start a political party and call it <laughs> One Man and a Chicken. Uh, the Green Guide this week has uh, broken the story that I think we're responsible for breaking a few weeks ago, talking about how uh, Simon Deering is now calling himself Simon Deering on the air, not calling himself Hot Dogs. 
We did break that. Nice try, Shembury. We did that weeks ago. <laughs> when he comes back from the ads, he does that. Uh, but people are still talk- calling him hot dogs. Apparently, it's apparently, not like he, who are you talking to? It's just me, Simon yeah, here. Uh, uh, yeah, apparently he doesn't mind. <laughs> but I, I shouldn't. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has read that article that uh, Shembury's very funny review of um, Up Late Game Show, where he uh, made the analogy that. Uh, uh, him trying to fill air time is like a guy trying to perpetually <laughs> inflate a burst balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite pleased that Shemri's doing TV uh, reviews now. Yeah. We should uh, speak to him, see if he'll come in. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so hard to get him away from a microphone. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that'll be a problem at all. Uh, in more prude news, Toyota have pulled ads off the Nip Tuck series. Oh, really? In the States. Uh, apparently, Tuck, which is the drama series with uh, Julian McMahon. Yes, yeah, Australia's own, Australia's own Julian. You've got you've got to call him by his full title, Brett. Australia's own Julian McMahon. Do we? Yes. Okay. Or Damon Oge's ex, Julian McMahon. <laughs> that's the only way you can say his name. And that's series three of Nip Tuck, I believe. Yes, yes. They pulled ads from series three of Nip Tuck due to concerns uh, over the show's content. Apparently last year, Ben and & Jerry's and Gateway Inc. were uh, some other firms that pulled ads from the show, but their reasons weren't publicly given. Other advertisers sometimes pulled out of specific episodes, such as one that included underage drinking. Oh. <laughs> With all the stuff that goes on in Nip Tuck, I would have thought that underage drinking was the least of their worries. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I just don't understand why it matters. Like, do, Does anybody here associate the ads that we see on television with the shows that we're watching? No. They, they seem to be completely independent. So why would anyone think we don't want our product associated with that show? It's not like the, the olden days, the good old days, when, uh, when the host of the show used to go and actually spruik the product as part of the show. That's clear association. But this And even then, it didn't matter if a dog pissed on the set. No, you know, then it got shown over and over (laughs) and over again. Well, in regards to that, we were talking last week about what ads were shown during Neighbours. Yes. And I have a list of one night's Neighbours episode ads. So Mm -hmm. stop me at any time. You feel free. Idol, uh, Kinder Surprise, Chocolate, Pantene, Optus Prepaid, Hungry Jacks, Clean and Clear, Daily Juice, Australian Princess, Johnson & Johnson, Fanta, Holden... uh, Something else. Oh, Cluster Cereal. Um, Venus Vibrating Razor. Hungry Jacks. <laughs> Johnson & Johnson. I'm so glad you said Razor. <laughs> Raymond, The B-Team, Red Rooster, Eclipse Gum, Elizabeth Town, Nutrigrain, Venus Again, and Red Bull. That's one night's neighbours. Right, that's, that is a lot of ads. It is a lot of ads. It's, it's, that's a lot to consume. It is. It is. So it'd be interesting to see if, if any products would have pulled out because of... Uh, difficulties that we were discussing last week with Connor. Well, yes. Hmm. Yes. Well, uh, and that's that's Connor the actor, not Connor. Not Connor the who was not on, walking on a beach. Yes. And uh, I've got just one last news item. Uh, digital video recording pioneer TiVo mm-hmm. has teamed up with Yahoo to enable customers to record television shows via the US internet search giant's website. Ooh. This is a, a situation where you can be surfing the web. You see a show that you want, you go into the Yahoo site, you say, I want this show recorded, and it tells your TiVo to record it for you. That's the idea, as far as I understand it. It tells your TiVo. It tells your TiVo to to record it, and this... Why not just tell your TiVo yourself? 
<laughs> TiVo. <'Cause> you, <laughs> Desperate you, housewives, please. <laughs> you're not in the same room. Because if you're... Uh, you see, so if you want your TiVo to tape it, you've got to go through the menu and, and find when the show's on and then tell it to tape it and then tape it every week. But the website does it automatically? The website does it automatically. Oh. This, is, this is my understanding. And this is just how far behind the rest of the world Australia is. Yes, very mm. much. I'm it's, so sick of not having a good... has been around for like 10 years or something. Yeah, yeah it's and, a long time. And we don't have a single good PVR system in yes, Australia. that's true. And, you know, don't get me started on Foxtel IQ. I won't touch that. <laughs> hey, what would you do if you were a network and you had the highest rating program in the land? Uh, I'd... Oh, what would I do? I'd cut it short... Hoping to get the same number of viewers later on in the year. How about just arbitrarily moving it to a different time? Sure, I could do that. Channel 7 have moved their hit, mega hit show, Dancing with the Stars. It's usually on at 7.30 every night. And they're moving it. No, they've got a special dance-off edition this week. Dance-off. Dance-off. For what? Between, Biggest loser. Yes. <laughs> Between Tom Williams, who was the previous series winner, and uh, Effie or whoever won this series... Uh, who won this series? <laughs> was it Effie? Harder. Oh, did Adina Kadima win? Well, good on for her. It's about time she won something. <laughs> who else was up for it? Uh, Chris Bath, who's a Seven News. Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Chris Bath is a, is a Seven News reader. Who, I did quite read, frankly, but I can't think. has lost a lot of credibility since losing her glasses on air, I, I find. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to say that that's another reason why Channel 7 suck. Yeah, fair enough. Why would they do But that? still. Uh, what I've, from what I've been reading, uh, you, you, you're no topped pretty boy, um, <laughs> Tom Williams. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew, I knew exactly who you were talking about. I thought you were calling Ross a no topped pretty boy. <laughs> Apparently, uh, people are a little bit over him. He's, he's yesterday's news. And, well, he, and he, he really was terrible as host of the mole. Terrible. Terrible. And how, how did the mole and, and he was he was responsible okay. for killing uh, Let Loose Live, wasn't he? He was, oh, he was, was he the, the last host of that was, one. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, but he was also the second host of that one, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> you can't... I don't think you can really blame the chippy for that one. Mm. <laughs> you, you can't. Well, that, and But I, yes, I, uh, I have some... Uh, it's kind of newsworthy stuff, but I just, I just want to run this by you guys and the viewers at home. Uh, I've seen the light this week. I have found God. I yes, have yeah. I have seen television perfection. Oh, do tell. Nothing can. I, I I don't know if retelling it can do it justice, but but I I, I will do my best to try. Uh, there was a swimming pool and uh, and people swimming laps and there's a nice sideways pan and there's a sign up saying breaststroke lane and indeed the people are doing breaststroke. And then the camera pans a bit more, and it says backstroke lane. And indeed, people are doing backstroke. Now, I should warn you at this side, at this stage, that you might want to tape your sides, or at least hold onto them to stop them from splitting. Can I just say? No, 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 this, no. Okay, let okay, me go. Okay. The final sign. Now, you remember the first sign said breaststroke, and the second one said backstroke. The final sign says bumstroke. Different strokes. And a white guy jumps out of the pool and says. What you talking about, Willis? I love that. <laughs> Are you kidding? I love that. Of course. Is this BT? Is, is it Ronnie John's half hour? Ronnie John's half hour. And it I, just made me think the golden age of television is upon us. This, this is our renaissance. I, you know, I think it could, could have been better done. And, and like with a, a lot of things on the Ronnie John's half hour, 
Some great ideas. Really, really appallingly executed. You see, you, you've ruined my whole bit here because I was doing this whole sarcastic thing about how it's the, you know, it's, it's a high point of civilization and all else, and you actually find it funny. Yeah, but also, you know, I find pretty much every pun funny. It's all in the telling. <laughs> I, just, I just love a pun. Plus, you're funnier than the Ronnie John's Half Hour. So, so what can we say? That's I love the, the host. I love the host. Ronnie John's. Really? Yeah, because he's got a funny southern cowboy accent. <laughs> and, he, and he rides a fake horse. It's not fake. What? what it's a what? Fa- yeah, that's what, a, what, what, what? That's the whole joke, Brett. The whole joke <laughs> is that it's a fake horse, that his legs are really walking around underneath it. He's not really a cowboy. I never noticed that. Oh, you've got... Watch it again. I just thought that... I just thought that his legs started from just under his nipples and they went out <laughs> the No, 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 no. It's all... It's all a costume. It's all a costume. And that is the Box Cutters News. We'll, uh, we'll be back shortly with James Talia, Channel 9 News. This is Marie Carty, and you are listening to that fluffy white cloud of goodness, Box Cutters. <laughs> Stick it in the fire and eat it. <laughs> Welcome back to Box Cutters with us in the studio now is a man who has reported on everything from international riots to the death of Harold Holt. Welcome to Box Cutters, James Talia. Thank you very much. I'm not quite that old, but um, I did manage to report the death of Harold Holt one way or another. Yeah, yeah, I, I noticed mm. that. Uh, someone else asked James an opening question. I don't understand. Quite clearly, how did my you microphone get to- is falling over. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get to report on the, the death of Harold Holt? Well, after all these years, Harold Holt, you'll remember, drowned, or did he, in 1967. Plunged in a little China sub. A fair while before I was born. But a coroner's inquest was never held until only a couple of months ago. He was just on uh, the missing persons cold That's right. case. That's right. <laughs> well, I, won't, I won't go into the intricacies too much. But well, can the, they- the law used to be that if you were a suspected drowning death, and there was no body, no coroner's inquest was required, and that law changed. So all the people who had drowned, whose bodies had never been found, <gasps> had an inquest. And it changed retrospectively. Yeah. Interesting. So there you go. So there I was reporting on the death of Harold Holt, and the coroner did indeed find that he had probably drowned <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> but did make reference to the, uh, the old Chinese sub-rumour and said we probably shouldn't go down that path. <laughs> was, there, was there any mention of the Wall of Kemp? The, the Wall of what? Kemp. Wall of Kemp. This or is Kelp. A, Kelp. Sorry, kelp. Sorry, I said camp. I'm getting confused. Just between... one letter off. I know. Yeah, so close. I know. No, there wasn't. What's the wall of kelp theory? That apparently he, he ran into one. Yeah, he got he got he got tangled up in a wall. He'd of been kelp. drinking and he was speeding. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Lost control. That's right. Wall of kelp. Wall of kelp. Wow, Brett, Not so much. No. It's like you've seen the first thirty minutes of Headland, which we'll talk about <laughs> later on today. What do you think is your uh, favourite story that you've reported on after all these years? I did do a cat up a tree once, Ross. <laughs> I know it's news cliche, but there it was. I, re- I remember actually speaking to you after you did that one, and you were quite pleased. You, you said to me, "I'm a reporter now." Right, I've done, you know. Well, you know, people ask, well, "What do you report on?" And I say, "Well, the, everything from dead people to cats up trees," and you know, it's true. Yeah. Just on a side note, there, my sister's actually in the fire brigade, and they do get called out for cats in trees. They sure do. But but the strangest one was somebody called them out because there was a bird stuck up a tree. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. Yes, I heard the something similar. The bird stuck similar. up the tree. That's true. Help it get down. 
it was somehow tangled in the tree. I think it's how the story goes, but let's not let the fact get in the way of a good story, huh? See, that's that's news. That there is news. Bloody right it is. That is news, especially... I mean, that sort of news just has to be followed by, and now with sport, here's Tony Jones. That's, <laughs> that's what that sort of stuff is made for. You know? Now, James, why, uh, you know, you went and did journalism at a, a journalism school. RMIT. At RMIT. Mm-hmm. And uh, why television? Why not print? Why not radio? Because I'm too lazy to write for newspapers. And, and <laughs> no, you like wearing well, a suit? I mean, I, yeah, I love wearing a suit. I'm just... Because I love seeing my head on telly, Josh. That's right. <laughs> no, because uh, with television, it's, I mean, it's, it seems obvious, but it is the way it is. There's so much more to work with when you have good pictures. It's such mm-hmm. a great way of telling a story that people care about. Now, obviously, there's not always going to be great pictures. And one of the dilemmas we have often is stories that need to be told because they're important stories but don't necessarily have great pictures to go along with them. So in that situation, do you just go back to the last Bali bombing and, and run that footage? <laughs> <laughs> Here, what, here's one we prepared earlier. <laughs> in scenes like these. Yeah. Uh, no, we do try to avoid that. And we try to be very careful with using files. Because he's not with the current affair. So. Yeah, well, that, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not touching that one. We're so close. <laughs> um, no, we we, we try to be very careful with the use of file tape, especially when it's especially given like that, that. that uh, it got picked up by MediaWatch. Mm. Oh, I must have missed that <laughs> yeah. inside of MediaWatch. Now, what what sort of impact does MediaWatch have on uh, you know? Obviously, on, none. <laughs> well, I've never been on it. Um, I, I think if if you were to appear on it, it would probably have a, have an impact on you. But a lot of the time, I guess a lot of the stuff that appears on MediaWatch would be considered by those mentioned as being kind of nitpicking. A lot of the time it isn't, of course. I think they do some pretty good work. But, yeah. uh, they just keep on picking on Bob Francis. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> Radio doyen that he is. <laughs> it's, it's sh- shut up, you stupid old bat! Right. You You're a dickhead! The <laughs> uh, a number of times I've wanted to see Peter Hitchin to do that. To <laughs> <laughs> um, is it talked I mean, about in the newsroom? Uh, not particularly. Perhaps if one of our competitors is mentioned, then there's then it's the champagne comes out. No, it's not. It's not. We talk about we, someone might mention it. Did you see so and so last night and have a, have a bit of a chuckle? But there isn't an institutional desire to uh, to see our uh, competitors sent up that way. Well, you you actually have quite a camaraderie with your uh, with the competitive news crews, don't you? With a lot of them, just just being out on stories uh, well, it depends together. On the person, it depends on the day, but generally, mm. yes. Mm. It it used to be, and I think probably still is to an extent in Sydney. It used to be the case that um, all bets were off on the road. No one talked to anyone. Mm-hmm. It was all about the battle. Uh, we're a little past that now, and I think one of the reasons for that is that many of us worked in regional TV together. Many of us came through Win TV, mm-hmm. and uh, we were mates there. And just because we ended up at different networks in the city doesn't mean we're not friends anymore. Um, which isn't to say that we're not competitive. When there's an interview to be had that has to be got, then we go hard at it and hard at each other to get that. But uh, at the end of the day, come 6.30, it's done. Yep. It's, it's all at the pub. That's exactly right, <laughs> yeah. Now, what about situations that we've seen on, on television with, with news crews camped outside people's houses and uh, this, uh, uh, this week with... Uh, with the uh, the terrorism 
suspects being and dragged the in. Court. And uh, and but we we see camera crews outside people's houses. A lot of them are, are camped there for a couple of days, waiting for uh, for somebody to come out and poke their head out and mm-hmm. and shout. And then that gets on the news. Yeah. Well, because if you sit there all day and that's all you get, you're going to run it by Christ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if that's the sum total of my 10 hours' work, it's getting to air, come hell or high water. <laughs> but how is behaviour like that justified in, in the newsroom? I mean, clearly, well, it's news gathering. But there must be other things on that. I mean, there, how many minutes of news come on to uh, uh, come on it, well, network TV? Well, it depends TV? on the story, Josh. 12 on a set day before you jump into sport. In forty season, maybe. <laughs> um, it, it really depends on the story. If it is the story of the day, then that's just what you've got to do. And what defines and, what defines the story of the day? You just know so it when you see it, right? <laughs> that's. I mean, news judgment is something which I think is is developed over a, a lot of years to the point where you just get a gut feeling about what makes a good story and what doesn't. And you've uh, you've also done reporting overseas. You were uh, you were in London for a little while. A little while, yeah. I I lucked into some uh, reporting out of Nine's London bureau a couple of years back when I was uh, working over in London, having left Nine, and uh, I was also back over there recently. Did a few weeks during the uh, the London a, bombings. You had a mad time when you were, you were sent over there for the London bombings, and everything started. To everything happen. happened. Yeah, that was meant to be. Uh, I was meant to be filling in for our correspondent there, our European correspondent, Michael Usher, was going on holidays for a month. I said, "Fantastic, London, summertime, maybe a couple of yarns about the Royals, no problem." <laughs> and four days before my plane left, the bombs went off. Of course, it's a horrible story, but. Uh, for for a journo, that's that's where you want to be. You want to be covering the story that the whole world is talking about, and and that's one of the few times I've had that privilege to be covering a story which is so important and impacts on so many people, both there and here, because so many people here have spent time in the UK. Um, to be covering that story for the leading news network in the country is um, was something special, even though it was a horrible thing. So and, and the launch of the Harry Potter book. Well, that was something that was special. So, <laughs> so having oh, fire, can you believe a red carpet outside Edinburgh Castle with the, the full deal, the the, the lights, the video, big video screens, the works for a kids' book. So, having co- was, covered that posting, are you uh, kind of following in the footsteps of Brett McLeod and, and looking to uh, be anchoring uh, the late news not too far down the track? Well, uh, no. Is the short answer. Because Brett, <laughs> Brett's so young and he's got to be there for years. Well, Brett will be there for years, but uh, Brett is actually a, a close friend and a, and a colleague and, and I have enormous respect for him. The difference being that he has he was posted to London and did the two-year posting there where I've kind of just dabbled there so far and I'm looking for the two-year posting whenever Mush wants to move on. If he's listening. <laughs> on we'll, uh, we'll, 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 send, we'll send him uh, a little audio clip. Yeah, get cool. No, don't. <laughs> um, Brett, uh, Brett, really. I mean, he's 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 done the yards. He's done the things. You know, he was uh, our first reporter into Arche after Boxing Day uh, last year, and uh, did a really sensational job. I think not just of conveying the news there, but also in a lot of the live work he did conveying just what it was like to be there on the ground, seeing what he was seeing, the devastation, the bodies even, down down to that sort of thing. Brett uh, is very experienced. He's got about 15 years on me and um, he's starting to move into a bit of news reading now and mm-hmm. doing a very good job of it. Mm. While we're on the topic of international incidents, uh, camera phones, 
mm. being used for reporting. Mm. How is that any better than having a picture of the reporter and uh, a picture of a telephone and just hearing his voice? Probably not much. Why is it being done? I mean, is I've there, not, is I've not seen it done. Oh, so serious uh, reportage. Se- serious done. reportage. And this, this happened a lot from Iraq, I think. Well, that was video phones, uh, wasn't video it? Video phone as opposed, as opposed, to, oh, as opposed to, to just your mobile with your video camera in the mobile. No, but that's, that's, that's what, what I, I meant. Thought, what, you meant like a mobile phone with a camera in it? Like no, no. It's, holding it's, up your Nokia in front of your head. <laughs> you know what? It's Anybody video, can be a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a video phone, but the picture is, is just as shit as if you were just holding your Nokia up in front of your yeah, head. Yeah, well, the quality of video phone is getting better all the time and it will obviously will continue to do so it's all about bandwidth i i, I guess it is yeah <laughs> i don't know I, I just stand in front of it right um someone else plugs it in we love those guys um it will continue to get better but it's it's one of the trends we're seeing towards uh trying to do things trying to use technology to do things more cheaply perhaps, than would have been the case in the past. And video phones are very handy for areas which are inaccessible. Mm. I mean, you go to there's a lot of places in the third world, there isn't a local TV station where you can access a satellite feed point that plays back to Sydney or somewhere in Australia. And video phone might be your only option when you're in the middle of the desert or, you know, wherever it might be. And it gives it fantastic immediacy. And, and, and you, you, it, well, it is that. I guess the idea is that no matter how bad the picture quality, it does show that you're on the spot. Yeah, well, that's true. Which is really what we're all about a lot of the time. Mm. Now, we've, uh, we've, we've got just a, a couple of minutes left, so give us a scoop. <laughs> a scoop? Give us, give us some television inside scoopy gossip goodness. Give us something with syrup on it. Something with syrup on it? Come on. Um, Goodness me, you've really put me on the spot there. Yeah, I know. I understand. Well, I, I guess... I, I, just, I, I just thought you'd, you'd you jump know. out with... You'd be so surprised. Well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm real surprised. <laughs> that yeah. you'd jump out with something Thanks. that... Uh, I'm trying to think of something I'm going to show Limb's actually a woman. You know, not going to get me fired. <laughs> you work for Channel 9. Have they just signed somebody? I bet you and I understand. Right. How about that? Oh, yeah. wow. Now, now, you're right, uh, That's which is what I was going to mention when you asked me that question. We were all very excited that Bert's coming back. Excited, that is. Now, with, with, what were the circumstances under which he left 9 previously? He, I believe, was fired. But do you know what show he was doing at the time? Or Now, wasn't it some sort of Tonight Show that he was doing? This was the precursor to uh, the IMT with Frankie J. Holden. Bert was doing a Tonight Show before that. Something along those lines? That wasn't online. That's right. Or was it a game show? Look, I don't know. I don't it's remember. 14, I mean, that no, was, yeah, 15 years ago? 14 years yeah, ago. I don't yeah. remember him. Was it, oh, he did do Pick a Box. No, nah, I think that was a long time before that. He, he did new the faces? new faces. Did the new faces? Uh, no, can't remember if no, anyone knows. That's our that's our first quiz question. That's our quiz question. <laughs> but we're all very pleased to have Bert back. So so it is a real family thing. We're all pleased to have Bert back. <laughs> and so yeah. are we on the money with uh, it's going to be a lead, lead into the news talk format. Look, really, you know as much as I do. <laughs> um, are we are we on the money with Channel Seven side? Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. <laughs> some very nice people in some very good programs on Channel 7. Speaking not about as much or as many as at night. Speaking <laughs> about Channel 7, uh, there was that plane that came into Melbourne. Uh, there was some drama with it landing. Oh, here we go. Passenger had a camera, was video cameraing the whole thing. <laughs> Spoke to all the networks, uh, said, said we're, we're just going to provide this footage free to, to all the, the news services so they can, they can all run it. Gave the tape... Gave the camera to Channel 7 so they could run it off first. Channel 7 refused to give it back 
until after it actually been broadcast, saying oh. that, oh, no, it's just taking us so long to, to actually get, get the footage off there. It's just so hard. How do you deal with that sort of stuff? What do you think about Channel 7? <laughs> How do you deal with that sort of stuff? Well, I, I think we have to make a point of saying that Channel... This did get a little bit of coverage in the papers at the time, and the response from Channel 7's news director was that they had been trouble, and mm. they had been having trouble accessing the material from the camera and uh, downloading it from the camera onto their uh, server, I assume is how they would have done it, um, which is all good and well, and that may well be the case that it did take them four and a half hours to download those two minutes of vision. Mm. Um, and, and just in time to get it to air. And they, yeah, that's right. Thankfully, they were able to get that camera back sure. to that fella about five minutes past six. Right. <laughs> so you can, you can do the math on that. that uh, um, you know, that, what are you going to do? You, you roll with the punches it, and you've uh, really got, there's not much point losing your mind about that sort of thing. It sounds pretty similar to Channel 7 telling you they couldn't air uh, The Amazing Race, this series, because they didn't have it yet. Yes, yes. So, so the turnaround <laughs> they question... Have it yet. I've got it. Because it hadn't come in the box from the States. <laughs> from, yeah, I've... I've got it at my house. Yeah. The, late, the latest series of, that? of Amazing. I didn't Earth. think they had any satellite dishes on that place at Dockers. <laughs> no, 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 no. So the turnaround question like is: that. Yeah, would you do the same thing? Mm. Would you be expected to do the same thing? I, I well, I wouldn't be expected to do anything. That would be how, how? that would be my judgment call to make. Our news director Michael Venus, it has to be said, is very good with uh, taking on face value judgment calls that his reporters make. You know, if I do an interview that I don't think is quite right and I tell him that, he'll say, fine, I'm going to trust your judgment. We won't run it. So oh, that's good. W- w- right, which kind of kind of goes against the stereotype yeah. of what commercial TV news is about, I think, where, you know, it used to be the case that maybe, certainly in the 80s, pictures would be stolen by one network from another. I mean, it, it's not by accident that Ten's Bulletin became known as the five o'clock feed. <laughs> um, what would I have done in that case? I really don't know. Um, but had I chosen to go down that path, perhaps a little more finesse, <laughs> I'd like to think, like say, you know, we're having a bit of trouble with your camera, but please, can you? would you like to come in? Can we give you a cuppa? How about a couple of tickets to the footy show? And then everyone's happy. Well, you do what you can. You've got the greatest sweetener on Australian TV, the footy show tickets. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Can be, yeah. Uh, James, thank you so much for coming in. Will will you do us the favour of uh, sticking around for the rest of the show? We'd we'd love to hear your input. I'd love to, yeah, that'd be great. Excellent. I I was so sure you were going to say no. (laughs) Not at all. I love telly, same as everyone else. All right, we'll, uh, we'll be back in a sec. Are you one of those that follows follows the Pepsi is putting coke into their as much as I want. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and go down on you. Ross McQueen does not buy it. I don't buy it. It's not going down on anyone. Now, if there's one thing we haven't had enough of on this show, it is uh, talk about the IR reforms and and the uh, and the relating ads and we, and, we the, were... and the lack of apostrophes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, actually, I should apologise about that because I think if you live inside this country, you're probably sick of hearing about terror and IR, and if you live outside the country, you don't really care anyway. But 
There's a new IR ad out. The Business Council of Australia mm. have weighed into the debate. It's so exciting. Yes, it it's is very, very exciting. exciting. <laughs> now, this ad starts out positive, where they're saying, you know, things are up 300%, everything's great, the economy's great, everything's working. But then, uh, then it starts to turn, and it turns into a bit of a scare tactic kind of ad, and they talk about uh, the fact that Australia's standard of living will drop if uh, if these IR laws aren't aren't uh, allowed through, and it, it says quite specifically that Australia will drop from eighth to eighteenth. Don't that's, you think that's a that's a drop of ten? I know, but don't you think that's a little specific? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're not just saying, "Oh, the standard of living might drop." Let's say ten places. They're saying very specifically, "We are eighth now, and we will drop to eighteenth if we and, don't." But, drop. Is, but, if, but is that not like? You know, this game can be played from ages 8 to 80. Is that what they're trying to do there? No, I don't think so at all. Okay. It's not on the side of a box. <laughs> <laughs> but if they'd said Australia's standard of living will drop without specifying some sort of research, you'd be getting stuck into them for that. Even with the, even with the graphic. Yeah, that's true. But it's, 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 <laughs> it's such a crap ad. I mean, it's so, so specific to say it will drop from 8th to 18th. Maybe they really believe that. And at least they're paying for it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to see when we get to seventeenth or nineteenth, and uh, just shove that in their faces. <laughs> and and it's t- uh, you know the standard of living is obviously very accurate because uh, uh, the second highest country was the US, and there's obviously there's no people in, poor people in the US. No, I've I've ne- you know I've been there a few times. Never seen any poor people. Yeah, but they don't, they don't really give any justification for this sudden drop. In the ad, do they? Yeah, they do. They say if the IR laws don't come in, it will drop. It's yeah, a pre- but it's a predictive okay, drop. Okay, so, so, so if we don't change everything from what's what served us working. perfectly yeah. well up until this point, then we're going to drop dramatically. Exactly. Now you're thinking like the government. So, so they're, they're going to personally come and take away people's telephones and televisions and microwave ovens. In the hope of dropping it down? Yeah, quite I, think, possibly. I think that's what they're going to do. Uh, Brett Cropley. Uh, Channel 7 are covering the Winter Games. You might have seen an ad for it. Uh, with an old lady uh, hobbling along on a Zimmer frame, um, a, uh, a fat dude and some other chick with a pile of hat boxes, strangely enough, um, all hailing a taxi and running for it, or running in their own way, because fat guys can't run. <laughs> old ladies on Zimmer frames can't run, and, and hat boxes just getting the way of your legs everybody falls down and then uh, suddenly from nowhere Stephen bradbury comes and uh steals the taxi from all three of them you know there's another one of these no there's there is another one of these there is a bunch of people in a supermarket and uh they're all there's possibly another aisle opening and they're all thinking is this in the frozen food section no no no. this is in the checkouts there's another aisle another checkout opening and they're all kind of do i don't i go through and you know they're kind of leaving their queue but coming back to their queue and they all fall over and then Stephen bradbury runs right through to the first spot how long do you reckon he's going to keep up with this shit (laughs) (laughs) this shameless i know it's it's what he's famous for but do you reckon in, in 15 years' time he's still going to be doing this? Yeah, I'm the guy where everyone fell over. Shtick. Like, really? What else has he got? Yeah, all right. Well, you know, Herb Elliott and Robert DiCostello are still doing ads where they run. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they're still known for that. Mm. Ro- uh, sorry, Herb Elliott is also known for uh, loving fibre. But- <laughs> <laughs> and bless him. Oh, so that's uh, that's for the Winter Olympics on and, seven. Mm, yes, okay. yeah. Wow. I, I I assume that they're meant to be funny, but uh, yeah, 
Yeah, cause, they're not cause, Channel 7. They're not funny at all. You know why? Because Channel, Channel 7, 7 suck. suck. <laughs> hey. I'm good, I can say that now. <laughs> Excellent. Is that, is that going to be the, uh, <laughs> the new name of the show? I'm going to tattoo it across my forehead. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see you end a report with James Talia, Channel, Channel 7, 7 suck. suck. Yeah, it might work, it might not. Josh, you had an I do oh, buy it. I do, but just very quickly, uh, Mars landing. There's a, a Mars landing, that they're landing a robot on Mars. Everybody in the control room is really, really happy. Everyone's excited about it. Uh, then suddenly the, the robot starts, it stops. And it starts changing, kind of uh, like a machine man or a transformer. Uh, and there's this kind of nerdy guy who's surrounded by, you know, soft drink cans and just, you know, in his flannel shirt and stuff, like he's at home. And it transforms into a bar and pours a beer. Mm-hmm. The beer sits on the bar and a Heineken sign lights up. And the guy says, now we just wait. Ah. I love that ad so much. <laughs> it is great. I, you know, it doesn't make me want a Heineken, but it does make me want to applaud them for having a good ad on television. Now, this I first saw this ad as a cinema ad. Yeah. Um, and, and it so seems, it would be longer, I'm guessing. It was. It, it was longer. Yes, but it seems also seems a lot of the cinema ads come from overseas, whereas we know they have good ads as yes. opposed to here. Yes, we uh, we did have a good ad once. Oh, it starred Gus Mercurio. He was selling homes with land. The big rancher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have had that. <laughs> but that is a great ad. So I, uh, I, you know, I just thought change the tune a little bit. That's One ad that, that I do buy. buy. Dubai. Whatever happened to cinema advertising? I remember, you know, back at <laughs> when we were at school. It's, it's all Warner Brothers movie world. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. But, but back, you know, when I was at school, they used to have specialist ads that were just on in the cinema. And you had you mm-hmm. had you had great interesting ads, that's but true. you know there's that's a cinema right. advertising company that's trying to push these cinemas to put an ad break in the middle of the films. That's rich. Oh, that's oh, quality. I don't think we'll be having quality. That. And, <laughs> and then only to buy another hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I remember. Um, uh, I remember for a time there was only uh, you, you could only see cigarette advertising in cinemas. Oh, yeah. And uh, and they were, they had there was lots of hang gliding in them. Alpine lights <laughs> with the Palomino and the chick on the on the green water beach has made an impact on you. <laughs> yeah. Alpine lights. So, two things we don't buy, one thing we do. I still don't buy. <laughs> G'day, you're listening to Ed Phillips here from Temptation across the Nine Network, and I am special guest of the Box Cutters. Love the guys' show. Love all three of you. God, you're funny. <laughs> I never miss a show, and like, sometimes if I do, they make tapes of it on the internet and then send it to me. Coming up later on on Box Cutters, we'll be talking about some new shows. Brett will be doing some housekeeping from last week. Of course, we've got the Box Cutters quiz, and coming up next, we've got a new segment called Quotes. That's oh, Box Cutters. Oh, I like it. Box Cutters. That was almost, almost perfect, Brett. I know, yeah, I, I stuffed it up. My fault. It was good, though. It was good. My fault. Quotes. Quotes. We really do need a, uh, a theme for this, for this segment, I reckon. I think you... Oh, it's going to cost you a couple of hundred at least. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody will complain that it's too long and somebody will complain that it's too short. And, yeah. What, yeah. What about just la, 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 quotes? <laughs> yeah, that might work. Right. I was thinking just... You can't ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking maybe some, uh, maybe some interesting quotes from TV. 
mixed together. But anyway, we'll think about that. We'll, coming, uh, coming soon. So what's uh, this segment? Well, it's, it's basically yeah, it's basically good quotes from the week uh, of the t- of TV. Good quote, bad quote. That's kind of thing. Yeah. Well, Ross, why don't you uh, step up to the plate? Why don't I? Yeah, yeah, step up to the plate. Step up exactly. to the plate. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to stepping up to the plate. Uh, great quote uh, from Twenty Four this week. It's a sort of quote you can only get from Twenty Four. Uh, one of the characters says to the other one, Poor Audrey. Just earlier today, she and Jack were making plans for their future. Now he's responsible for her husband's death and he's about to torture her brother. <laughs> Surely that's the only... You, you couldn't fit that into any other show only on 24. Yeah. Because this poor bastard, this Jack Bauer, how many times in his life is he going to have 24 hours to save the world? Well, according to the Herald Sun, three, but <laughs> I think it's actually four and counting. I, I think I heard that they've just signed up for the fifth season. Really? Because yeah. I, I heard after he did the second, when he was making the second series, he was quoted as saying, well, I'm only going to do two because after that it just gets a bit unrealistic. <laughs> and, I, and I don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Because it was so realistic. Yep. <laughs> I, I think that the thing with, with what happens with these shows is that it's so hard to say no to money. Exactly. Yeah. Es- especially when you've already spent 20 years pissing it up a wall at certain bars around town. Yeah. Yep. Like Krusty the Clown said, they drove a truck full of money up to my house. <laughs> How can you say no to that? Yeah. Um, we were talking... Lost Boys dividends just aren't paying off anymore. <laughs> we were talking... Uh, we had a few good quotes a few weeks ago from The Apprentice. Oh, what a great show. We were talking uh, particularly about their, uh, their metaphors, their use of metaphors, especially rowing metaphors. Uh, the character in the show, Josh, said... I think he's actually a real person. Oh, sorry. I, I don't think he's... Necess- I mean, he's well, a character. Well, sure. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> But I got thrown because I thought if I said Josh said, people might be thinking I meant you. Yeah, no, it, it's not me. But I did repeat it right. straight afterwards. So, you know. <laughs> Josh from The Apprentice said, I think a synapse is dislodged in his brain because when we're all rowing in the same direction, he's actually out of the boat looking for another boat to get into. <laughs> and this was one of just several rowing analogies and that, that was, they had throughout this. That was in the second episode, I think. Second, yes, yes. And... Uh, and Talk, talk about this week's episode. Well, Josh is back on, <laughs> Josh is back on the boat quotes again. This week he said, "I think we did a good job rowing together, but I'm not sure we rowed in the right direction. I'm not even sure we had the right boat, or even if we had the right oars, for that matter." <laughs> <laughs> Pushing it just a little bit too far there. And and the thing is, he said it with a little bit of a mumble. And it yeah. took me a while to work out that he said oars and not whores. <laughs> why are there whores in the boat? What's going on? How could why they, not? How could they be the wrong ones? Yeah, that's a whole nother analogy. Yeah. But, I, but how good was The Apprentice this the, week? The Apprentice again? was great, even though they only said step up to the plate three times instead of 17. Well, that's true. That's true. And the week before, they did say step up to the plate. A, a lot. And a the lot. thing is, this week in The Apprentice, they had an actual baseball game. Yes. In the episode. And they still, and said, they still only said step out to the plate three times. <laughs> I, and two of those was from Bill. Yeah, that's true. That's who, true. Uh, who has since left the Trump organization. Oh, has he? Yeah. Since taping this, uh, this series. That should have been in news, surely. Uh, this was actually before we started the show, I think. Oh, okay. Or I just forgot about it. <laughs> um, As I said, if I don't write it down. The, the, thing with, uh, the thing with The Apprentice is, I think, for me, Trump always just throws in he, he he's an interesting curveball to have in the show. I mean, if you look at Survivor, it's always going to be a bunch of people. It's always more or less going to be a reality uh, popularity contest. 
where you know if 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 people like you they'll keep you in if they don't like you they'll get rid of you yep uh but trump i think on the apprentice actually you know he throws a few curveballs in such as last week when instead of firing one person he fired four people which was excellent and my favorite one of my favorite bits of uh, every episode of The Apprentice is the end when they're in the cab oh, yeah, and they're yeah. talking to the camera and talking about how much better they are than anybody else who's still up in the suite uh, and and has the opportunity to be the apprentice and I'm better than those people and I'll show Mr. Trump and one day I'll be in a meeting with Mr. Trump blah blah blah. Anyway, these four poor suckers have to get into <laughs> one cab together and being a New York cab, sure. All four of you in the back seat, not a problem. Front seat needs to have the cameraman. None of them say a word. <laughs> They're all squished in together, just looking a bit sheepish. It was just like, I don't know if you guys, if you guys have seen, a, there's a cheapo version of this. Uh, oh, Martha? On, uh, no, it's not, it's not the same as The Apprentice, except that it's a, it's a show where people get kicked off one by one called Eliminate. I have seen oh, Eliminate. No. When, this, when, is, uh, this is on Fox 8, I think. It's yeah. Fox 8. Yeah, it's one of the Fox channels. Eliminate. channels, yeah. And mm. you get a girl and three guys or four guys and they all go on a date together and she picks them off one by one and sends them home. And, it, and that's what reminded me of it because they do the same thing. The, the guy who's just been eliminated walks out of the bar and has to do <laughs> a one-on-one interview. And it's just adamant that, yeah, well, she doesn't know what she's missing out on, that skank. You know? like, uh, if she wants to hang with all those guys, fine. Like, not in a cab, but it works just as well. Why isn't that on free-to-air? Oh, it that sounds, should be. That sounds fantastic. Gold. Oh, well, Cheap and nasty gold. Well, that sounds like a perfect segue to get us into uh, some new shows. Starting this Tuesday on Channel 7 at 7.30 and uh, then airing again on Thursday. Episode 2 airs on Thursday. Episode 1 airs on Tuesday. 7.30, Channel 7, a new show called Headland. Headland. (laughs) Or so is my understanding because uh, it's a lowercase h and a capital L. In the middle. In the middle. Land. It's one word but a capital right in the middle of it. And should they have gone uh, to so much effort with their font, do you think? Really? I think I think that's probably the most amount of work that's been spent on this show. <laughs> except I've, for the promo booklet. Josh. Except the promo booklet is is superb. Really, really nicely done promo booklet. If they had put as much effort into the show as they have into the promo booklet, I think we'd have a winner here. Unfortunately, this show... And I've seen the first half hour of the first episode, and that's only because I couldn't sit through the rest of it. I It's just terrible... It looks like somebody's watched, like the cinematographer has watched Prisoner and Young Doctors and thought, that's the look that I want for my show. (laughs) So the whole thing's pretty much shot on video. There is no continuity whatsoever. Girls wearing different makeup, like one scene straight after the other. Uh, One scene, two guys are walking next to each other and then there's a cut and suddenly there's like 50 metres separating them. There is no continuity in this show. There's almost, you know, I don't know how much effort went into writing the show, but there are three minutes with, like, no dialogue and no action. It's just, I think it's an appalling show. Sounds like a winner. It's going to rate its ass off. Is this the show that was originally meant to be, like, a college-type spin-off of Home and Away? Yes. Yeah. And it it now isn't? Yeah, that's that's right. They, uh, They have some actors from Home and Away, and they have some actors who were previously in All Saints, and, uh, yeah, Home and Away were pushing this whole college angle uh, a couple of years ago. 
and uh, some university opened up just a little further north from Summer Bay is, uh, is my understanding. I bet you they're furious about that. <laughs> so so this, is, this is set around this university that is uh, somewhere on the central coast of New South Wales. And uh, it's, a, it's a small university with terrible actors. And everybody who goes to the university seems to live at this hotel, which, con- is, which is a pub. Convenient. That's handy. So it's kind of like the Australian coastal version of a different world. <laughs> kinda, kinda. It's kind of like a mixture between Breakers and what was that Fox Channel Ten production uh, about the backpackers? Was it a ah uh, yeah living above the police station? Um, was that something Palace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Crash that. Palace. Crash Palace. Yeah. It, it's kind of like a mix between that, but Libby Tanner's in there for some Channel 7 credibility, or oh. so is my understanding. Libby Tanner's at university? Uh, she's, uh, <laughs> she's a member of an administration. Of course. I believe. Mm. And, uh, oh, those people who never signed your form. Yeah. yeah. Well, because she's never there, because she's always speaking and reading out uh, physics textbooks to her brother who's in a coma. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. Of course. As you do. Although, really, in fairness, and I just feel I need to be fair so I don't look like I'm slagging Channel 7 the whole time. No, no, no. no, no. Slag isn't, Channel it, 7. isn't it good that <laughs> it's, it's just, it's more Australian production. We need as much of that as we can get. Oh, and I say good on them, but what's wrong with quality Australian production? I mean... We've seen cheap quality. I'm sure, they think it's quality. We've seen cheap quality Australian production with the surgeon. Maybe all Paradise the good Beach. writers have just gone overseas. We and don't have any of them left here. Well, that's also a possibility. It's we, a, it's really hard to sit through. And I, 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 but I remember too, just from a technical standpoint. I remember a few years ago, Josh, when we were both at uni, and somebody coming in and talking to us and saying the basic way it goes is people will come up with a series idea and they'll say we need four hundred and fifty million per episode to make this, and they'll say, oh great, here's a budget of two hundred, yeah, dollars, dollars, yeah. dollars, <laughs> and uh, and then you've got you've got a penny pinch, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's why things end up getting filmed on videotape. Mm. And that's why they end up looking the way that they look. Because I, I don't think a lot of people realise that the medium that it's recorded onto makes a huge difference as to, as to how the show very looks. Much, very much. And you can't compete with the look of big-budget American productions. No, it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. You've got some new shows, right? There's, oh, there's heaps of new shows. Heaps to get through. Uh, there's a new BBC show called uh, Lie to Me, which looks quite interesting. Uh, I think it's set in a lawyer's office or something. Anyway, uh, but nobody be watching that because up against it is Pimp My Ride. <sighs> Pimp My Ride is an MTV production where they take crap cars and pimp the hell out of them. What does that mean? Uh, well, it means you turn your car into something magnificent. So you take like a, a shitty old Tirana, for instance, yep. and uh, you give it a new paint job, you put uh, DVD players in the back, you put some PlayStation in, you put in a special console for your BlackBerry, uh, you put in huge subwoofers I, in, in I the heard boot, it de- turn it into a pimp mobile. Yeah, I heard it described as... Um, Queer eye for the straight guy for low-level drug dealers' cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. But, but. There's, sorry, there's, there's this great episode where this guy does a lot of work on the undercarriage of his car and they fit a TV in the undercarriage so that he can watch TV while he's working on his car. <laughs> Andy, Andy. But mm. the, the good news about this is they're screening it in a double with Brainiac on Channel, on channel 10, which they're calling... Wait for the cleverness, the fast 
and the curious. Oh. <laughs> so that means we're getting Brainiac two times a week. Aren't we lucky? Now, Brainiac, Mate, this, this is the, uh, the Mythbusters with T and A, yeah? Yeah. I, yeah, out I, of the UK. Why aren't mm. they calling it the fart and the spurious? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could suggest that. Uh, also, uh, Dragon's Den is coming on, new game show. Um, hosted, unfortunately, by Andrew O'Keefe. And, oh, he's and, great. And this is a, this is a, a game show based on role playing games. Yes, exactly. yes, yes, yes. Is that right? Yes, that's true. And if so Andrew, Andrew's the dungeon master. Yeah, and if he gets uh, <laughs> you got that right. If he gets it's all about that. people. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about people rolling dice for half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> if he gets one more show up, it's going to be he's going to be considered an axis of evil. <laughs> uh, no, this is this but is people love him. People do love him, and They're I don't watching know. his show like crazy. That's that's what's wrong with the and bunches. I say. No deal. No deal. Um, yeah, this is basically a bunch of people with money and people pitch uh, ideas to them between from between 20,000 to 500,000, I think. And chicks in wigs. Chicks in wigs? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worked for his other show. Uh, also, there's uh, Abba's Greatest Hits on Sunday night. So yes. one would have thought that would have been a short program. Uh, there's the comedy... What, what channel's got that? Oh, that's Channel 7, because right. Channel 7 suck. Uh, there's uh, Headland, as we mentioned before, the ABC. Headland. Headland. <laughs> or uh, as, uh, as my housemate called it, Dogs Headland Bay. <laughs> you see, people with television have such short memories, I don't think. Uh, yeah, remember. no one dogs remembers Head Dog, Dogs Head Bay. Uh, well, the, it wasn't around that long. The, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the ATP Tennis is on Channel 2, which mm-hmm. is quite interesting, which will be pushing, um, pushing back uh, at the movies to Thursday night this week. Is that uh-huh. tennis that's focused around adenosine triphosphate? <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Um, and they've been plugging it for weeks. Yeah. Uh, they don't want people to have the impression that it's just a bunch of old farts. They're saying that it's the top seven tennis players in the world. Well, I think that's what... The, yeah. Three of them yeah. are Martina Navratilova. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, if you want something a little bit more uh, thoughtful and interesting than, uh, than Brainiac, I know that's hard, but SBS is showing a documentary on Carl Rove, who's the, um, the power behind George W. Bush. And even though this documentary is apparently a little dated, because, let's face it, politics over there is moving so fast with, uh, uh, with the Plem Gate or whatever it is. Plame. Plame. Valerie Plame. Plame Gate. Uh, so all of that obviously... Scooter. 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 All, all of that's obviously not in there, but it is so very they interesting. Got, have they got Carl Rove doing scientific experiments? <laughs> How that works? No, I don't think so. Uh, that would be that'd be a good show, though. <laughs> but um, I think people, yeah, it should be an interesting documentary. Documentary, nonetheless. And I wonder to if see. they're going to canvas the topic of George W. Bush's nickname for Carl Rove. Uh, I don't think so because I think that might be a bit too controversial for them. What, really? what is his nickname? Well, apparently. Turd Blossom. Turd Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't quite managed to get my head around exactly what I, that means, but think, apparently that's the nickname. Turd I think that's Blossom. that's probably because. He could make any turd blossom, including George W. Bush. Bush. He has, he has. He is the uh, the Bush Svengali. He is. He is. In fact, in fact, for those who don't know, reportedly Bush had no interest in becoming uh, president of America, and Rove was just walking around looking for someone to mould to become. But Rove was his Leo McGarry. Yeah, Mm. basically. Right. Mm. Well, you know, we know who to thank. (gasps) Speaking of which, Ross Warnicky, freaking spoilers. What has he done? 
I'm not sure if I should, I should repeat this for you. Related to which program? Talking which? about West Wing. Now, uh, now, talking about how far Australia is behind the States. Long yes. way. Now, James, you were saying there's a very interesting West Wing coming up this week in the States. It's the West Wing that screened last Sunday night in the States. And I, I don't want to spoil either, but the bottom line is it's a live episode. Um, and twice. 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 Once for the east coast of the States and once for the west coast. Which is exactly what ER had to do. Right. And now, so this, it's and not it's, a new concept. It's not what Blue Healers had to do. <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough, no. And of course, the, uh, the executive producer of The Wing is, was also or is also the executive producer of ER. And it seems to be a ploy to try and lift the West Wing out of the doldrums. Oh, okay. Some talk that it may not be uh, renewed after this season, but Bartlett's gone. Was that with Bartlett's was that, stepped down? Was that uh, Bartlett's on the way? Was that out? Was that Warner Kiss spoil? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's Alan well, and, Older. Yeah, and, and now it's now it's Box Cutters spoiler. Thanks, <laughs> Jimmy, Brett. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Yeah. yeah, but given that in Series 7, uh, Bartlett has only got a couple of months of his term left to run, yeah, then it's, it's obvious. It's, it's, not really, it's not really a far cry. There's a Series 7? <laughs> yes. I thought there was only half a Series 5. Oh, this is, is this the bit where <laughs> no, I get that's... to slag Channel 9? Yes. yes. Right, same okay. with uh, Same with... Uh, the shield. the shield. Well, that's a perfect lead into uh, Brett. Can we do? Can we do a quick thirty seconds of crap TV? Sure. Sorry, I, I know it's not on the running list, but uh, it is a perfect segue into some crap TV. Cut! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible. I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this show. In Crap TV, The Shield did not air this week. There are four episodes to go of the series that Channel 10 was currently showing. Series was four. Was showing. It's all right, though. Channel 10 have come out and said they'll screen it sometime next year. Sometime <laughs> next year. Now, I called, uh, I called Channel 10 to find out why this has happened, and the receptionist could only tell me that it's a programming change, which... You know, yeah. Duh. <laughs> so, sorry, I didn't think that I called the Duh Freddy hotline. I have a fridge I, magnet for that. Yeah, and uh, and so I, I spoke to uh, some of my contacts at uh, publicity in Channel Ten, and uh, they told me all they're allowed to say is that it's a programming change. They're not allowed to give any information whatsoever about uh, about why. It's no longer going to air. They've been given no reason, and they can give no reason, is my understanding. So uh, that's uh, that's what's happened with Channel 10, The Shield, and their programming change. There's just no good reason for it. Uh, Secret Life of Us started airing this week in its stead. Oh, but, but, but let's face it. I mean, Secret Life of Us has just been burning up the shelves waiting to come back on. Oh, Secret yeah. Life of Us, uh, episode three or four of the last series. Yes, and uh, and there are which, only which has like only one there. character that you'll actually recognise from any of the previous series. Yeah, yes. that's that's right. And uh, the other thing that I found out is Channel Ten have been receiving a lot of phone calls about the Shield not being on last night. So clearly there are people upset. All I can say is write letters, actually write letters to Channel Ten. That's one of the only ways to get networks to change their minds. Is that right, James? They listen to they listen to letters. I think they listen to letters and phone calls. Oh, do they? Okay. Well, you know, whatever you do, don't just sit at home and whinge about it. Get in touch, and uh, we'll be back with the quiz. Okay. Question three: Which can all these going to be about war? No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay. Question three: Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? 
I'm sorry, Brett. We don't get to do your leftovers. That's good. I can do it next week. All right, we'll we'll hold them over till double reheated leftovers. <laughs> the winner. Except of- let's not call it leftovers because it's okay. We'll call it's it. It's compelling, no matter what week it comes up. Brett in. has compelling current stuff. I do. And that'll be held over till next week. We had a quiz last week. We did have a quiz. Did we have a quiz winner? We did have a quiz winner. Who was it? Angus was the quiz winner. Angus. Now, I've uh, I've, uh, been meaning to mention for a few weeks now, don't be scared of emailing in your answers because you think that it won't be soon enough. Because I I got some feedback about this during the week. People went, oh, I'm not going to email in my answers because, you know, I listen to the show on a Wednesday and you tape it on a Thursday and it's too late. We don't... Fear, you think that's the problem? I, I think the problem is fear. Uh, we don't... Uh, well, we certainly d- not the hard <laughs> questions anymore. We don't pick the uh, the first question... Sorry, the, the first correct answer. We pick a correct answer at <laughs> random. And Josh this- prints them all out, puts them into a top hat, picks one out. Oh, I just I just put my mouse over it and go, eh, that one. It's random enough for me. <laughs> I don't have a random numbers generator. That uh, that actually does it by random. And Get onto that, will you? And I don't. No, I don't. I don't put them into a, into a hat either. So the answers for last week's quiz, uh, Angus. <laughs> well, well, no, congratulations, Angus. We'll uh, we'll be sending you out a T-shirt as soon as our logo is ready, and uh, I've got some news on that as well. Okay. Apparently soon. Okay. <laughs> but the yeah, the answers to the quiz were the theme what show. What were the questions? The theme show. Oh, well, we had the music. Remember the music, which I don't I re- think we'll play again. I remember for, the music for Ross. copyright reasons. Yes. Yes. Uh, the music was uh, a cover version of the song uh, from Charles in Charge. Of our days and our nights. That's the one. Beautiful. And the Australian band that covered it was Smudge. And Brett, your question was? Uh, what's the true name of GMA's Belvedere? Not, not, the not Mr. Mr. Belvedere. Belvedere. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is still have a job. I'm not sure. Um, there, there's been some calls for him to be uh, signed up with Bird over at Channel 9. And, uh, mm. and I don't think some it's really going to happen, though. Some calls at Channel, 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 Channel 10 have said that uh, that's a programming change and they can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you know, Bell Bell- has a manager. Yes, apparently so. Because oh, that's, that's how we heard the bird got fired. That's apparently. right. <laughs> <laughs> but Belvedere's a floor manager <laughs> with yes. a manager. Well, he does lots of shopping centres, apparently. Whatever Judas. the hell that means. God damn. He's, hasn't he turned that into a nice little career? Yeah, yeah Ross, I did Chadston last weekend. <laughs> What's the big deal? What is Belvedere's real name? Robert Brett? Mascara. Oh. Yeah, oh that's Robert Mascara. Mascara. Whose phone is that? <laughs> I don't hear any phones. It's I don't hear what phone. phone. What phone? It's going crazy in my headphones. No, no phone. Maybe that and, was uh, somebody ringing in for the quiz. And maybe. <laughs> and the phones spe- are running hot. <laughs> the special bonus question, which was uh, what education publishing company produced Charles in Charge? It was Scholastic. And uh, nobody got that one. <laughs> Sorry. So no bonus prizes uh, for, for this week. We don't have a quiz this week. We don't. Uh, oh. Un- unless, Brett, have you... Uh... <laughs> Whose phone keeps going off in the studio? <laughs> and we had a question before. What was our question before? Oh, what was Bert fired? What show was Bert doing at Channel 9 when he was when fired? When he was fired. All right, that's... Uh, Ross that's... has the answer to that. Ross I does, do. Ross does do. has the answer. <laughs> yes. And that's it for... Hey, what was the, lo- the what, other little bit? What, what, what other little bit? You said you were going to talk about something for a second. When... Oh, just before, a second ago. Did I really? Yes, you you did. didn't write it down, did you? I didn't write it down. <laughs> didn't write it down. <laughs> See, if I don't write it down, it's lost. <laughs> it's completely lost. Uh, 
So where is Bill Rancic if he's not with the uh, Trump organization? Anymore? I don't know. That that wasn't in the uh, in the media release. That's oh. just he's gone. He's, he's gone, gone from the Trump organization. He's got a manager too now. Yeah, doing shopping centres. <laughs> <laughs> James Talley of Channel Nine News. Thank you so yes, much. Thank My you. pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. What a great episode. Mm. My name is Josh Canal. I'll be back next week. Ross McQueen. I will continue to be Brett Cropley. We'll be back again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.